assuming over here that you know what he's talking about, that there's a custom to fast on Erev Rosh Hashanah. This year, this being Sunday. Um, it's based on an opinion of the, uh, of the tour. The tour writes that there's three times that uh, we fast. It says the Hasidim fast on Erev Rosh Hashanah. A lot of people fast during Aserim Meteshuvah. Then all the people fast on Kippur. And the tour gives a, a stunning revelation that he says that those that fast on Erev Rosh Hashanah, God forgives them for one-third of their sins. Mm. And then when it comes to Aserim Teshuvah, a second third. And then on Yom Kippur, the final third. So Erev Rosh Hashanah is a significant day. It's a very, you know, one-third of your sins. It's, so I once asked the big rabbi, that, um, that the tour brings a, a mashal. The mashal that he brings is, is that there was a governor, governor and he levied a ter- terrible tax on the, on the town. And uh, the people needed to beseech the governor to lower the tax because they were not able to afford it. So it says that, um, so they sent out the dignitaries as the first you know, meeting. And the dignitaries came out and they pleaded with the governor. And the governor said, all right, I'll knock off... Uh, a third of the attacks. So, but still a lot of money. So then they sent out the second level of people, you know, more of the, you know, the regular folk, and then second third. And then finally, at the end, they sent out everybody, man, woman, children, and the governor finally said, I'll wipe off everything. So they said that the Hasidim, who are the dignitaries of the people, they come to God on Erev Rosh Hashanah, and they start the process to fast and try to break the first third for Klal Yisrael. They're not only doing it for themselves, they're doing it for the for the people. And then I said to me to Shuvah, more people get involved. In Kippur, everybody comes out and says, uh, we can't pay the bill. And so I once asked the rabbi, I said, but it doesn't make sense to me because it comes out that Yom Kippur and Erev Rosh Hashanah, percentage-wise, it's the same third. So that, 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 that's giving Erev Rosh Hashanah a lot of weight. Mm-hmm. So he said, it's really not because when you go to a store and the guy gives you the price, it's always easy to knock off the first third. You know, first third, they factored in. They, 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 it's, it's already, you know, he knows you're going to go. But the last third, where you're getting it for free, that's much harder. So although it's the same percentage, but there's a big difference between the last third and the first third. Therefore, to get, to get it wiped off, nobody's giving you the suit for free. So therefore, to get it, to, they tell you, okay, well, this guy's the 30%. Ah, that's a favor. But the time I want to I walk out for free, that already you need kippur. So he says some of the laws regarding this fast. Mishelo <clears throat> Yashem. Whoever doesn't sleep, let's say somebody doesn't sleep on the, the Saturday night for whatever reason. So the law is you can eat until The rule is that once you go to sleep, according to the Kabbalah for sure, even if you made a stipulation, Kabbalah's opinion is once you go to sleep, the fast automatically starts. It's not the opinion of Shohan Aruch, I must uh, tell you. Shohan Aruch's opinion is stipulations work. I mean, I can go to sleep, and before I go to sleep, I can say, I'm going to get up and eat, like most people would do, but the Ben obviously follows the Kabbalah, and he says, once you go to sleep, it starts, but the great Hadush is Rak Mashkesh Kawa, which is the coffee, the Ahwe, Mutar Kodem Alot So therefore, when you get up for Sili on Sunday morning, if you're fasting, 
as long as it's before dawn, which is about, I guess, about 526. 5.26. There you go. I mean, about 5.26. So there you have, you can have your coffee. So that is definitely a... Uh, until, yeah, until um, so you, until you dip the apple in the honey, until oh. till, till that morning. It's no, you don't need stipulation for coffee. Yeah, yeah, you're right. right. But uh, it's it's a it's a big it's a big item, definitely a big item. In, in previous years, Baruch Hashem, we've done it once. Once we got lucky, there was a bris, and the 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 books bring down that if there's a bris on that day, eat. You know that overrides the fast. We have a sefer Torah dedication. I don't know. I don't know. We'll see. We'll see how hungry we are. Depends. Bet en tokim be'erev rosh hashanah. Okay, so you're not allowed to blow the shofar. No practicing on erev rosh hashanah. Lo bayom velo balayla. Afidu bebeto. Now, ve'ima tokei shel akal rotel l'argil atzmo. What about the the tokei? He needs to practice. Ve'sarichu lekach and he needs to practice. Yitka be'cheder sagur or be'bor. Let him go into a you know a, either the garage or some uh, you know soundproof room. Uh, and then uh, you could uh, you could practice you could you could do it. They they don't want to they want to separate between the uh, they want to separate between the tikiot of the shoot and tikiot of hova. I told you every year they uh, when you go to the shul on Rosh Hashanah, there's a custom that every shul has <clears throat> invariably at some point in the service the tokeya is going to struggle to get the sound out. And then they take the uh, shofar and they, they go like, now that does nothing, as you know. But that's just the way of the tokeya saying it's the shofar's fault. Yeah. That's, that's basically what he's doing over there. I, 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 you know, I don't understand this. It's broken. Hitting, uh, hitting the shofar is to say, I don't know what's going on. It's malfunctioning. This doesn't do nothing to the shofar, by the way, doing this over here. But the people say, oh, that poor guy, he got, he, got a, he got a lemon shofar. Everybody's trying to... Yeah, but open the sound up. But that's uh, we know that's a scam. It doesn't exactly, exactly. It does nothing. It's nothing. But, but it's a good, it's a good diversion. At least well, the amateur guy says, you know, get him a better shofar. All shofars work. It's the guy who doesn't know how to blow it. So now we go to uh, That's good to know. Which is a hadush because normally on a yom tov the yishem is on the minha. You don't get the yishem in shacharit before yom tov. Rosh Hashanah is the exception that the Hishem already is from Shachrit. So there's the Hishem on Sunday morning. That means, uh, I'll guess, Saturday afternoon, Minha, we'll say Sitkatka. Exactly, you're making Anna in the Sidihot. Okay, it's old custom to go to the cemetery on Erev Rosh Hashanah. They don't only mean going to the cemetery to visit. You know, lo'alenu deceased uh, family members, but tzaddikim. So, uh, yeah, you need to uh, invoke all the help you can get for Rosh Hashanah. So they make a visit to the tzaddikim in order to say, "Hey, listen, I got a judgment coming up. Could you petition for me?" Now, obviously, you don't pray to the dead. You're praying that in their merit and in the merit of the visit, God should uh, give you mercy. Here's the words that you say. Amazing. You talk to the tzaddik. I'm praying to the tzaddik that, um, you know, that's buried here, that he should pray on my behalf. And I need A, B, C, D, E, and this is going to put in your request. Okay, and that's, 
And now, I once visited the Bet Akivarot with Rabbi Atiyah, Rabbi Mordechai, the big Kabbalist in Israel. And there he taught me what the Arizal says that whenever you go to Kibarim, you put your left hand on the Kibbit. For whatever reason, you would always think it's the right, but it's not. In Kibarim, it's the left hand, and you make the, uh, the tefillah. Uh, I don't recommend Uman this year. It's just, uh, I don't work for the State Department, as you know. But uh, just by looking at some of the news that's going on between Russia and Ukraine, I don't know if you heard about it, there's a little scuffle going on between those two countries. I don't think Oman is the safest place uh, to go for Rosh Hashanah. I mean, it's safe to go. I, don't think, I think it might be a one-way trip. That's my opinion. There's a very important point to be careful with the last minhah of the year. Very important. If you come pray with us, we usually start about 15 minutes early so we can have a nice... Yes. That's for this. That's right. What are they doing? What are they doing? What are they doing? Yeah, this is it. It's the last minhah of the year. So, and the uh, Ben Ishai's opinion is that if you get the last one right, it brings up all the, all the other ones. So if you can have Kavanah for six minutes a year, for the last Minha at least, and get it right, you're doing it. So he says, That's important. Okay, Giman, All right, haircuts, Erev Rosh Hashanah. If you could take it before midday, it's better. When you take the haircut, so obviously the hair represents judgment. So you want to cut the, the judgments. And you want to fulfill the mitzvah of leaving, leaving the peot. And there's also a mitzvah, he brings it in a different place to pay the baba. Paying the baba, you fulfill the mitzvah. And therefore, it's, uh, just by going to the baba, you get involved in a lot of, uh, a lot of good things. Velovshim de vanim. Old timers, they would wear white on Rosh Hashanah. Motawel, Rav towels. Old timers, they, 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 they lived that. You know, that was like uh, angels would walk into the shul and you see them, uh, you know. You could, uh, you could also tell uh, who's a regular in shul and who's not a regular. You'll see invariably in the shuls, you know, the guy that comes in on little Hashanah with the talit on. No, you tell that's next week. But that happens. You see that sometimes. The guy comes into shul, shari shul, and walks into the dome all side. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And somebody whispers in his ear, wrong night, but he says, sorry. But you do wear whites on the road. Yeah, a scarf, right? The shari shul, the scarf. Satin. Know the satin ones? The satin. We came a long way. So they wear white on Rosh Hashanah. The logic between this is we, we trust that, you know, we're going to get a good judgment. You know, imagine that you have a court case and, you know, you're nervous and you're preparing and, uh, and all of a sudden you walk into court and you see your father's the judge. So, oh, it's a shoe in. My father. And that's what happens on Rosh Hashanah. At the end of the day, you're being judged by your father. Avinu. <clears throat> so therefore, we, we can go in. It's obviously, it's the days of awe, but there's a certain amount of confidence that you have that, you know, your father doesn't want to hurt you. Definitely appropriate for purification. Right, the Benish is saying, even let's say a guy says, I know I wasn't with my wife, and I know uh, I didn't have an admission, but sometimes when one, pardon me, but one goes to the bathroom and urinates, it's possible that a drop can come out just, you know, un- unwittingly, and that would need a Tevila on the Mikveh. 
against the mikveh, especially as the day progresses, the mikveh ought become less desirable. Then therefore, a big ocean. A ocean is always desirable, but I'm just saying the standard mikveh that we have becomes, you know, more challenging as the as the day goes on. So therefore, my person might get a little gun shy. Yishpoch al gufo kabin. You can take a shower. Tish'ak kabin. This is it. This counts. Tish'ak kabin is about uh, 12 liters. Okay. This, this is a guy doing experiment. Before the holiday, turn on your shower, figure out the pressure, see how long you have to stand under your shower for 11 liters of water to come out, and just to tell you how good pressure it could be, could be a minute or two. If it's a light pressure, it might be there for a while. But the point is, just standing under the shower for that amount of time has value of mikveh. Did you have the kavanot in the bathroom? Why not? You're just thinking. Old timers in Jerusalem, when they couldn't go to the mikveh and they didn't have the shower, they did the third option of the Benish Hai, and that's the Netilat Yadayim, 
40 times. Well, let's review the 40 times. So the Benish Chai says that you make the Tidat Yadayim like this, in uh, succession. 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10. Then, 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10. 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10. So you have over here, you should have 40. You should have 40. 1, 2, 3, 4. Five, you're doing each one. Right. It's one one. It's one one one. It's one one. Each one is one. So it's, I should say better. You were right. I, I, I said it wrong. One, one, two, three, four, five. So it's it's all together forty times. And now you have uh, there's a kavana that you're supposed to have when you make this uh, in order for it to work. And the Benish Chai says that the kavana is uh, thinking in your mind the name of God. Yudke Vavke, opening up the uh, letters, spelling the Yud, Yud Vav Dalit, Yud, He He Yud, Vav Yud Vav, and then He Yud. So we go like this Yud, Yud, in your mind. Yud, Yud, Vav Vav, Dalit Dalit, He He, Yud Yud, Vav Vav, Yud Yud, Vav Vav, He He, Yud Yud. Then, Yud vav dalit hey yud vav yud vav hey yud yud vav dalit hey yud vav yud vav hey yud. That's the uh, so sometimes in deal when I'm not unable to get to the mikveh, usually I go to the ocean on Fridays. But uh, sometimes I'm unable, whatever the reason is. So I do that in the by the before I go to shul to give the benish. I do I do it by the sink. So my grandson uh, David's uh, Kassin's, uh, uh grandson as well. So no, he's watching me. So he's watching me. So uh, he tells me, you know. Grandpa, in school we learned you just have to do it three times. <laughs> <laughs> oh, why you, you get this from? He goes like Rabbi Halel, I guess. You know, he, he's he, what are you doing over here? Grandpa, no, no, grandpa has uh, I got problems over there. So now he gets to the seat. Yeah. I want to do it like Grandpa. You know, forty times. My daughter's going crazy. You don't got to do it forty times. He's <laughs> six years old. Already wants to do it forty times every every morning. Like <laughs> I said, you don't got to do it every morning. The kids they pick up on everything. All right, let's go to Halakadal. So that, that, that's, uh, that's that. Okay, uh, this, is, this is the old mahloket uh, that every house argues about. Do you do the simanim on one night or do you two nights? That's the big argument. Again, probably in Halab they did it on the one night. Probably, but really? yeah, probably. But we have to ask the SCA to get a ruling on that. But it, uh, it's probably one night. But... Of course, with all the respect. <laughs> but, but what happens is, is that because everybody eats by in-laws and out-laws, so they want to do it also. You know, they're, they're eating by your parents one night, eating by your own. So everybody wants to do it, so we don't make a fuss out of it. Finish high is clear. He wants to do it two nights, so there you go. Everybody has their own order. Don't make a fuss. Every book is, Every book is different. I think Catton uh, put the apple first, if I'm not mistaken. Apple's first in the Catton version. And then the SCA says, says that too. But no, the Catton book is, is authentic halab, but nothing to so talk. But, but then, but Benny Shai will tell you that the apple's last. So it's very, very diverse. The purpose of the Simanim is just to do things that are. Um, uh, uh, symbolic, exactly, and the Gemara says it. It's not like this was made up by some uh, lightweight. The Gemara says the honey versus the sugar. Sugar, sugar. 
Benish Avotaya Devash is judgment, and therefore white sugar is, is better. And the reason is again, it's Simanim. There is a custom that they used to have when they used to coronate kings, and the Gemara says they used to bring the king to the river. And they used to coronate him by the river. And the explanation they say is that his, exactly, his kingdom should flow like the waters are flowing in the river. And it's just a, and it does something. When you, when you, when the, when you create a good uh, karma around events, it definitely does something. So when you're eating all these things and you're saying, Yitamu, Yikartu, and Rosh, Lolezanav, and there was one, one guy that on the Rosh Hashanah, he took a piece of lettuce and he put a, a, a raisin in it and a piece of celery, and he folded it up, and he said, let us have a raisin celery. <laughs> and that's it, and he ate it. You have, a, you, have a, you have an Amazon over there. So, there's, that's it. There's many, 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 again, you should follow the, the book, but, uh, you know, there's different simanim that you can have. So, so the Benish Chai will, will tell you, so the worst siman you could have on Nosh Hashanah is anger. So you're doing all this stuff over here to create, you know, positive karma, and the guy comes on Friday night or Sunday night, he's like yelling at his wife, "Hey, the table's not set. Where's my dinner?" So that's also a siman. <laughs> so now you have created a siman. negative siman, siman. Uh, and that, that's the worst siman. So therefore, you know, you, and what is he yelling at his wife? Where's the sugar? Where's the, you're yelling about the simanim? Or the whole, the, well, you're creating a negative siman in order to do a positive siman. So what did you do? You, you, you lost, yes, you, uh, you, uh, you blew it. That's you exactly, in, 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 in English, in plain English, you blew it, exactly. So again, you take a date. Start the night like that. And then uh, you eat the date, obviously you have to make the beracha. And then after you ate the date, you make the iratzon, okay. Okay. Uh, now, obviously, I guess the first date is the beracha, and then Please? yeah, you go on a second date. If the first, the, the first date, the first date is just for the beracha, and then you take a second date and you make the yiratzon. That's the way he says. Now you're praying over here for your enemies. What's the enemies? So the enemies is shiitamu oyevenu. Anybody have enemies? So if you do have enemies, you're praying that your enemies, you know, should be, uh, you know, uh, destroyed. Hakach Lubia. Now, we call it Lubia. So, so this is a big, big thing here. Because the whole Yehidatzon has to be, uh, have the word or the name of the item. So therefore, if you look at our Mahzorim, let's say, we call it Lubia. So we say, Yiratzon now we we don't we don't call it rubia. So therefore, you, 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 so therefore, that's what you'll see in some of the mahzurim they have it right when they say They throw that word because that sounds like lubia, and utla bebenu means you should uh, either love us like v'lashon lev utla bebenu. So that's that's why they're throwing that word in there. So the word lubia has a. So he says, Yeah, Lubia. And then he says, But you should try to use a word of the Lashon of the Medina. So he brings that down. You got to throw that Udla Bebenu in there for the Lubia. For the Lubia. 
Sure. Now, we do this every year, and we still don't know what every item is. You have to ask your grandmother, what, 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 what's the gourd? Mm-hmm. You know, you got the wrong item. And then, item no? What's the green item, and what's the, 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 the Swiss chard, and all that stuff? And, I mean, if you could get that right, it's very hard. It's a good song, that's for sure, if you can get it right. So you say, Now, so we call it the kara, or the ar'a in Arabic. So therefore, if you say, Shitikra rawa gizar dinenu, tikra is with ayin. The kra, so that's what you have to say. Shikra rawa gizar dinenu, rip our gizar din, v'yikare'u lefanecha zikayoteru. So key word in that sentence is yikare'u, because that's the word, kra. Understand what we're trying to do over here? Yeah. So you always have to pinpoint the main word of the hiratzon. That's the name of the food that you're eating. So That's not the main part. Now the kavana on that is. The enemies, the spiritual enemies that were created from your sins. Every time a person creates a sin, he creates a force. And therefore you're praying to God that those negative forces that were created as a result of sin should be uh, demolished. And from the the that our enemies should dissipate. That's the prosecutors. Okay, we said that. Now he says, That's a big one, boys. Most of the rimonim are bitter. And that, 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 that's the nature of, 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 of at least the, the, the pomegranates that we get. Tart. And you're not supposed to eat tart. That's why he says, Rimon matok. So our custom is we put some sugar. sugar. Exactly, you have to do that. Because you don't want to have a, they tell you don't eat lemons on, uh, on Rosh Hashanah because they don't want you to have a, a bitter, you know, they don't want you to have kibbeh hamda because of the, the lemon uh, item. Usually they make kibbeh cherry or something like that to give a sweet uh, item. Why? Because all these are simanim. So now you're eating, you see everybody, oh, what terrible. So therefore you put some sugar on it in order to make it, make it sweet. V'yomar, shinim mili'im mitzvot, karimom, we should have many mitzvot, like the Rimon. Supposedly, they say there's 613 seeds I don't in, buy that. in a, a Rimon. That's impossible. <laughs> I get supposedly. I never counted it myself either. <clears throat> but that's what they say. Now, again, the rabbi over here is assuming that the apples in Baghdad were also tart. So that's why he writes. So they cooked it. They made like a compote where they put the uh, you know, cooked apple in the... You know, it says dip the apple in the honey. No, but that's uh, J-Dub, that's Ashkenaz. Uh, so that's, uh, that's the next line. The Yomar, and you say, Yiratzor, or jelly apple, you're going to have a jelly apple. Yiratzor, remember jelly apples? They don't have those anymore. Oh, they have? Remember, Ellie, jelly apples? Yeah. Where are those? Pier Village. They have them? Oh, I haven't had one in a long time. What was a bar mitzvah without a jelly apple? I mean, it's a jelly apple and a pinball machine. No, that's an old bar mitzvah. Today they have it's rabbis and speeches. What happened to old bar mitzvahs? Caricatures and all the good. Real bar mitzvah, yeah. Today they changed the bar mitzvah, they ruined it. But they spend a lot more money today. So I think they're focusing more on the bar mitzvah today, on the mitzvah part, but in those days they focused on the bar. Iratzon, shetetchadesh alenu shana tova umtuka. Shana tova umtuka. Now, ve'en omlim kadevash. Okay, he's against this here. 
Okay, now why do we bring an apple to the table? Remez kadishin. That's already a remez to the upper upper world. Unbelievable reason he gets now for the tapua. There's three benefits that you get from an apple. First of all, it's a good taste. It looks nice, the apple, and it has a good fragrance. Do the simantov. We want everything. We want the three benefits of life, which is bene children, good children, haye long life, and mezone panasa. Another one. So the Zorah Kadosh says, Tapuah Apik Hamra. Now, I never tried this again, but the Benish High's opinion based on the Zohar is, is that uh, if a person uh, wants to drink and he wants the, uh, he doesn't want to get drunk, so the apple is a uh, food that brings a person to sobriety. How was that? He says, Umekivan after you drink some wine, have a little apple, and the apple will, uh, it chases away the uh, negative effects of, of wine. He says, That's like a sangria. They put the, uh, the, the apple in the wine itself. What are you doing? You're ruining the wine. They don't want to ruin, they don't want to get drunk. It's brought down. Now, now we know that the wine represents judgment. It's red. sweetens the judgment of the wine. So therefore, the rem is that we have an apple on Rosh Hashanah because the apple is the sweetener of the wine, which is the sweetening of the judgment. Focus is sweetening the judgments. Third reason. So the apple in Kabbalah is on a higher level than the fruits that are on a lower level. The six months a year, six months of female, six months of male. The male months begin in Tishri. And therefore, the Tapua in Kabbalah represents the male side, so that we eat the Tapua to represent that we're shifting from summer months to, to winter months. We have a Tapua, Tapua, Rosh Keves. We don't have a Rosh Keves, but you should try and have something that is the head of, uh, Ashkenazim have a head of a fish, or they have a, a tongue, or they put uh, some, some type of uh, head of lettuce. I mean, that's just all, it doesn't have to be a head of, uh, to point his head. Unless you're trying to remember Akedat Yitzhak. Now, if the intention is to remember Akedat Yitzhak, then you need a Rosh Keves, because that's the... That we want to be a Rosh and not Lezanav. And we want to remember or remind. Now, the question over here is: Let's say you can't bring a head of a, a keves. Don't bring rosh ez, a goat, head of goat. Michael, no, no head of goats, because the goat represents judgment, and therefore we don't want to get involved with that. Uh, gentlemen, advice from the Benish High, do not raise goats in your house. Not recommended. Right. right. As long as you have cable TV with 400 channels, you're okay. That's okay. We just don't have any goats in your house. That's what he's worried about. Don't worry about your TV. Ulfahot, Yizahed Bezib Rosh Hashanah, at least not on Rosh Hashanah, not during Asir Meteshuvah, should be a goat-free, uh, goat-free environment, 100%. We don't want any 
you know, you have to make bedikat ez, bedikat goats. Val kidlu yavid lefanav rosh shana rosh, no rosh ez. He's really, he's really upset about this. The imloy imsal rosh keves yavishil off. Bring, bring a head of a chicken, but don't bring rosh ez. Why not? What do you mean? Why is it not kosher? Peter Luga, it's not kosher. <coughs> You're right. V'sarich sheyaviu mevushal. It's got to be cooked. For the chen, you cover it. Okay, he's teaching, giving recipes. <coughs> Cut the head of the chicken. Im lechenu, salt it, and then cook it. Rosh off zachar. It's better to get a male chicken than a female. Me rosh off nekeva. Uchimevi rosh off lo yomar v'kasha elin shenil rosh v'zanav. And don't say to score lano akedatoshi it's like amino because it's a chicken. Ela brosh keves. All right, and some actually says do it in shacharit as well. So why they do it four times? Now the question, of course, is what does it mean yil rosh v'lol zanav? Obviously, if you're a rosh, you're not a zanav. So what, 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 what are we saying? And the explanation is that um, you could be uh, a uh, a successful low life at the same time. And that's what they're saying, that we want to be a Rosh, but when we reach the level of Rosh, we shouldn't be a low life at the same time. And we don't have to be proofs of that. Just go to Hollywood, and you see all these people that are on top of the world, and they're the biggest, you know, lowest people on the planet. I'm just giving you an example. I don't want to go to the community, God forbid, but go there. But you see, these people are Hashu people, Rosh. We say these are the, the, the lowest of the low. So we, we want to be Rosh, but when we get to Rosh, we don't want to be a Zanav at the same time. It's, 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 not, it's not assumed that just because you're a Rosh that you cannot be a Zanav. It's possible to be both at the same time. You shouldn't have bitter stuff on Rosh Hashanah. Vinegar, so when you have the salad dressing, they don't like to have the vinegar salad dressing, the vinaigrette as they call it, or the uh, lemons and uh, things like that. I said that's why the S Y don't have kibbeh hamda on Rosh Hashanah. The kid is over perot hamutzim fruits. See here he takes rimonim. He doesn't want everybody. So that's why he had to say rimon matok over there. Hen anavim grapes. Hen agasim pears. I don't know. I guess they had bitter ones. The kadam atav from the what did shlo yochad perish shlo nekbar adam b'shul shouldn't eat unripened fruits. Umenaktuv they called basar shemen. There you go. Fatty meat. And sweet foods, Again, you're only eating the fatty foods for the simat, not for the gluttony. That's why he says, You're not eating the fatty foods for the simat, not for the gluttony. That's She's one of the few people that keeps this minhag. Ezra said, Erev Rosh Hashanah shilhu manot le'en nachon lo. People think that Mishloach manot is only on Purim. It's not. The pasuk in Ezra says, send alms and packages to the needy before Rosh Hashanah. And you come to the house of Erev Rosh Hashanah, the Rebbe sets up the table over there, the Anim come, and they all pick up a, a package, uh, in order to have, uh, especially now the food prices are going through the roof, uh, all the muscle that they need, these things over there. This is a very important preparation to find somebody that's needy, and provide them a uh, wine, some food, something like that. It says, Vishilhu Manot. It's an amazing thing. People neglect this halakha. Shilhu Manot, le'en nachonlo. 
Kikadosh, because that's what Hashem wants. That's what Hashem wants. Hashem wants you to take care of the take care of his, the, care of his people. That's what he wants. Ve'al and also do not be depressed on the holiday. You have to be happy. Fine. And that person is referring to Rosh Hashanah. Now we get to the anger uh, clause. You have to be careful not to get angry. Forget about anger is always bad, but all times. Bad sign. If he loses his school. Let, that the wife should not uh, instigate. She should set the table up and everything should be ready not to agitate the husband. When he comes home, the table should be set already. Our ladies have the table set from uh, earlier in the day. But if it happens that the guy comes home, don't fight with your wife. What should he do? You're small. What does it mean? Tolerate it. Tolerate it. And even in your heart, you shouldn't... Uh, and that, that, that means not only in the house, but in the shul. What happens in shul of Shana? The bidding wars, bidding wars, and stuff like that. And stuff happens. And so what are you doing? You're trying to get an aliyah. Because why? You want to get a beracha. But the aliyah only caused you Again, what did you gain? It's, 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 you blew it. So therefore, you shouldn't lose the focus of what we're trying to accomplish over here. The, the chaos is, and, and of course the Yetzirah is out with full force trying to trip you up because he doesn't want you to succeed. So you have to be on your uh, game not to lose your record. Number Zion. Kodem Kiddush. Now, if... If you were ever invited to the Ben Ishchai for Lel Rosh Hashanah, uh, and obviously you're fasting, don't think you're getting to Kiddush right away. The Ben Ishchai had a whole, you know, Hagdama, you know, uh, 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 before, a lot of pregame show, before you start the uh, event. So he says, first you sit down, on the couch, start with that, three pages of Aramaic. Okay. You only have to say that one 12 times. That one also 12 times. That's 10 times. And then 17 times. And then 10 times. And then And then I'm eating somebody else. Right, right, so I'll get it. Let's keep water ready. Let's keep water ready. Then, then, then the food's cold, and there goes the first fight of the year. Right there. So that's, uh, so again, if you're invited to the Benish Chai's house, we, when, when, we were, when we were in Israel, on, uh, and we went with the study for the year, so uh, we prayed in Kol Yaakov, in Yeshiva Kol Yaakov, and uh, about others. So, uh, and then we, we broke the fast in Kol Yaakov. Which was really n- n- nothing memorable, and uh, my friend Stevie Haber and Albert Biju, their fathers were wealthy guys, so they, they know all the rabbis. So they got invited to Rabbi Medina to break the fest, the old city. Now Medina is, you know, forty-seven course, and they were letting us know, you know, hey, you guys have been called Yaakov eating chicken necks, and we're going to Rabbi Medina for the breaking of the fest. We're going to have, and, uh, so uh, to their to their surprise, they came in starving. And they walk into Rabbi Medina's house, and there's nothing. What's a kippur? 
you just see like six pieces of six pieces of sponge cake, and you don't even see any anything on the horizon. Like there's nothing there. So, <laughs> so Stevie says he ate three three pieces, and Albert ate three pieces. They they devoured it, and then Rabbi Dede walks in and says, "Alman Haggis, we build the sukkah first. Had <laughs> her on the roof building this while the Rebbe's is making dinner. <laughs> Never again. So you gotta you gotta know that over there. He's an old timer. Shochanan says, you know, break your fast and build the sukkah. That's what they do. So they got they got so those chicken necks and Kol Yaakovs look much more appetizing after that one. Bekidush." The two nights of Rosh Hashanah, Yevarech Shechianu. All right, that's in the Kiddush. There's a Shechianu there. Now, if you get a new fruit, then leave it on the table and have Kavanah that the Shechianu is going on the new fruit. Uh, but again, even if you don't have a new fruit, you're still making Shechianu anyway. You don't got to run after a new fruit. Whatever you did the first night, Take two. That's a big item. There's four pirakim in Rosh Hashanah. And they want you to learn the four chapters. Well, at least read it uh, at the table. It's connected to Shem, Yud, Kevavke, and Aleph, Dalad, Nun, Yud, which stands for Aleph, Dalad, Nun, is Dina. And therefore, it's Yomadin. Therefore, to read the four chapters. We should learn it in a, uh, in a melodious tune. Fine. Now, the question is, let's say a lady has to go to the mikveh on Leil Rosh Hashanah. Remember the rule, Rabotai, the mikveh is opened 363 nights of the year. The only two nights it's closed is Leil Cha'be'ab and Leil Kippur. Every other night, if a lady has to go to the mikveh, she goes to the mikveh. And there's no Isur. And in this case over here, Adrabat, it's we look at this as a mitzvah, so we're not looking to, you know, it's not a hazva shalom, it's a mitzvah. However, we did say that you're really supposed to go to the mikveh, so if a person has relations on Lil Kippur because his wife went to the mikveh, then he should find the mikveh the next morning uh, before he comes to shul just in order to, or jump in a cold shower and take the nine, uh, or before the, uh, so you have, you have your options over there. So he says, he calls him a fool. And that's not called a smart guy. You're an idiot. Well, there's a mitzvah to be with your wife that night. Don't, don't, don't. Again, because in the Benish High's world, he looks at this as Kiddushah. So if you, if you have the right perspective of that, so you say, well, what do you mean? Why? why uh, I don't know, but it's a great thing. You're doing a mitzvah. First mitzvah of the year. <laughs> Chalk it up. They, they look at it in a much different way than the guy who thinks it's a compromise. I don't know. Look at this. Even if it's not the night of the mikveh. But if a person desires to be, well, he should be. There's nothing wrong with it. There's nothing wrong with it. And then what? Go to the bed next morning. What's the problem? Everybody knows. Uh, let's go to Yud Aleph. Because the, the Yud is not so Nogeya. Alright. No sleeping on Rosh Hashanah. It means in the day. 
they want you to get up before Alot. Which, which is ironic because every day we're getting up at 5 o'clock in the morning for Sirichot. Rosh Hashanah, she was not late. So therefore you get up at 7 o'clock. Therefore they want you to get up also at the crack of the Rosh Hashanah so you don't, you're not sleeping on that day. On Rosh Hashanah. No. No? But they don't want you to sleep. Oh, so, so he writes over here that after midday, if your head is heavy, you can put your head down. But uh, not before midday. So that's... Uh, yeah, but the point is waking up in the morning. That's the problem. That uh, you really have to look at... So he said 5.24. Now, sure doesn't start till 7.30, so you got two hours to... You know, now he doesn't mean to get up at 5.20 and read the New York Times for two hours. Better, better stay sleeping. He means you got to get up at crack of dawn and do something productive and not exactly do the daf or, or something like that. One time my rabbi was walking in, uh, in the shuk. He was going to Netzahama in Israel, you know, the courtail. Those days you could walk to the shuk. So it was like, uh, you know, five o'clock in the morning, walking to the shuk, and there's two Arabs playing toilet. Already they're playing, it's five in the morning. <laughs> and usually that's, he's, they woke up and they're ready, they're nothing to do. They're ready, they're, they're rolling dice. So therefore, they made a big impression over here. Like you didn't even start the day yet. Already you have your board. Like, what's going to happen? What's going to happen at eight o'clock? What's going to happen at ten o'clock in the morning? Already playing toilet. All right, we'll stop here. Amen, amen. Good.